Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Tuesday. It's November the 14th. I got eight hours of sleep last night. How about you? That's always dangerous because I function pretty capably on four to six. Today, we're running full speed. Uh, I got up. I got to have breakfast with my kids. I got to have a cup of coffee. I'm on coffee cup number two. Yep. It's, it's going to be one of those shows. We are amped up, ramped up, and ready to rock. If you guys were watching on Twitter, we even put out a little teaser video. Go figure. We're trying to uh, to make this happen for you. I got a couple favors to ask of you, Suspendables. A couple favors. Number one, if you will go, if you happen to have Twitter, if you will go to my Twitter profile, and you will retweet and share this story. There's a story from the Washington Times. It's also in our show notes for today. It is massively hurting the feelings of the FBI. It is doing it in a way that probably hasn't done it in a while. We're going to see some additional stories come out regarding these this FBI whistleblower stories of them targeting veterans, but it is hitting home. Every once in a while, the suspendables find a thermal exhaust port, and that is to say something that really, really chaps the buttocks of the FBI. Uh, if you will share this story, it is trending as one of the most popular on the Washington Times right now, written by Kerry Pickett, something we discussed with Garrett Boyle yesterday and on Friday a little bit. I want you guys to keep sharing the story if you would. It'd be very helpful. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that later. I will remind you at the end of the show that we are trying to get this done. The second thing is, if you are on True Social and you are not part of the Suspendables group, would you do that for me too? Would you join the Suspendables group on True Social? It's moderated just like our chat by Eric Jason, who's a great guy. And then on top of it, look at this. Rose is out there creating these little cool little thumbnails, uh, uh, sort of like a captured imagery uh, a collage board of types that kind of gives you a taste of what the show was in case you missed it. And, and this one really caught me uh, by surprise and it also caught my fancy in some ways. Let me tell you why. Because when someone gets my humor and Rose... You know you're out there, and I know that uh, you did this. You spent uh, a decent amount of time putting this together. Number one, solutions, question mark, with the police hat down in the bottom there. Very funny to me, only because we used to laugh about this when I was on my surveillance team. But the thing that really got me was that you went and screenshotted a bunch of stuff from Aladdin. If you guys remember, we were talking about the sort of the, the silliness of the fact that they put an entire SWAT team after one guy which we continue to do with the FBI's sort of raids on these on these poor characters from J6. But uh, the monkey... The Abu the monkey with the sword, you know, he jumped the fence, he got away, but we've got SWAT. It's exactly my sense of humor, as weird and silly as it is. So thank you for capturing that. Go to True Social and join the Suspendables group. We're going to put the link in the chat. I think uh, Ryan can copy and paste it in there. So if you're on our live chat, you can do it there. And if you're not on our live chat, come to rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin and join us here so you can also share the show with people who get you and uh, get my weird sense of humor, which is uh, very specific and strange. But I do appreciate all of it. Uh, before we get too deep into the show, let me say a thanks to a sponsor. Let's do Patriot Coolers right up front. Let me just tell you this, folks. I got two. So I already burned through my 16 ounce. You can see we got a Suspendables merch sticker on there, which is kind of translucent. This is the 16 ounce. Like I said, does not fit into the cup holder. And now I'm on to the 19 ounce. It actually looks like the 16 ounce should hold more, but it doesn't supposedly. Uh, I may do a, a little test on that. So here we go. Here's my here's my 19 ounce tumbler. You guys can get. You might need two. You might need two. You might need one for your desk and one 
to drive to work. If you're the kind of guy that needs that, or if you're a surveillance person like I was, you might need the 32 ounce. You need something bigger. Anyway, check out patriotcoolers.com, patriotcoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. The website is easy. The name is very easy to remember. Patriot Coolers, there they are. You guys know it's the season right now to be outdoors. It's going to be hot beverages in cold weather. That's going to uh, definitely keep you moving. And uh, if you're a tea or a coffee type, we could debate the merits of that later. I don't know why you want to do tea. I think the tea goes in the harbor. Doesn't it go in the harbor? Isn't that where it goes? The tea, you take it from the ships, you throw it in the harbor, you give the middle finger over to the Brits, and then you start freedom. Maybe we need to be doing that kind of thing. Again, go to patriotcoolers.com, use promo code Kyle, save yourself 10%, and 50, 50 bucks gets you free shipping. That's pretty easy. If you want to pick up two tumblers, then you're winning. I think uh, because we had a slightly different discount, I think I was able to do three. They were doing a promo for for guys that sell their stuff. I don't know. Anyway, check out PatriotCoolers.com. Let's get into the show. Should we start it off like right away with Hillary Clinton? Is that how you guys are feeling? Because that's kind of how I'm feeling. I just want to I want to get pumped up. I'm not amped enough. Let's play Hillary Clinton. She has a lot of useful things to add to the political discussion. The uh, the loser of the 2016 election who couldn't accept it and denied the election. Let's do Hillary Clinton. It's our first video of the day just to get warmed up uh, and, and get ourselves get, get a little bit of puke taste in the back of your mouth. I know that you guys are ready for that as you are getting ready to start your days off. Let's run it. Video one. Trump is Hitler. People would get legitimately elected. Mm hmm. And then they would try to do away with elections and do away with opposition and do away with a free press. And you could see it in countries where, well, Hitler was duly elected. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, though, dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies would be like, oh, OK, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. And, and they didn't usually telegraph that. Trump is telling us yeah. what he intends to. Ah, uh, yes. Hillary Clinton, a voice that I feel is like chalkboards on the nails of my soul. If I could just hear more Hillary Clinton, I would be significantly more violent. They should play Hillary Clinton videos like on a on open the guys up at basic training before they do combat training to get them sensitized for violence. They should just put them in a room in a theater with Hillary Clinton on like three of the four walls and the D.I.s behind them kind of like letting them know they can't turn around. So if they can't glance furtively, they still get Hillary Clinton and then just blare in Hillary Clinton just to get them ready for anger and violence. A bunch of young men hearing that voice would be ready to do some seriously aggressive things. That's just my take on it, um, but uh, I think it would have worked for me. I went through SEER school. Some of you guys know this. I went through the survival school. They actually piped in George W. Bush. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. You're standing in this little cell, and you're all cramped in there, and they've got the speakers above all the, the sort of like plywood cells that we're standing in, and you're in the dark, and it's like, it's like the size of a refrigerator, so it's not too bad for me because I'm not very tall. I'm only 5'8". So, like, my head was just touching it. But my buddies who were taller were, like, scrunched down. And then you've got this weird cut scene of uh, an interview that George W. Bush did talking about a sexual assault or a rape uh, at the Air Force Academy. It was super strange. And they, they chopped it up to make it sound like he was encouraging it. it was, this is what they do. So if you've never uh, seen sort of like resistance training, they teach you to just listen to weird stuff. Uh, they also, if you guys know this, give me a thumbs up in the chat. The Boots song. Once you've heard it, you can never not hear it from Rudyard Kipling. The Boots song. I will do it for you at some point in the time. All right. Let's do our first story here. This has already been taken off the main page from CNN. I screenshotted it on purpose. Uh, can we do the main page shot like that screenshot that just showed like how it introduced it? This is what I opened up my phone to this morning, folks. 
chilling rhetoric from Trump as he lays out second term plans. We just heard Hillary Clinton say they used to be duly elected. They were they were actually elected and then they did tyranny and they would jail their political opponents. Can anyone tell me the uh, chat as well? Maybe how many indictments are we up to? Is it 91? Is it 97? I forget how many indictments we've done. We're definitely not trying to jail our political opponents in this country. Isn't that correct? We would never do that. That's not a Democrat move. That's not something that an authoritarian type might do under a police state. By the way, I just ordered police state. Uh, I bought two copies of the DVDs. If my mom's listening, I think she is. Then uh, maybe, you know, you're probably going to get a copy. I'll sign it. I'll sign it. Um, my name's on the cover, too, I think. <laughs> okay. But we're in a police state, and we've got CNN running cover talking about the political opponent who is now under indictment and, and potentially going to go to jail for this with chilling rhetoric as he lays out his plan for a second term. Many of you know exactly, look at that, they even kind of kind of like, like Hitler, like he's pointing, uh, or Babe Ruth, maybe he's calling his shot, like he's gonna knock it out of the park. That'd be okay too. Look, Donald Trump is not somebody I want uh, raising my family. I don't want him as a role model for my children. He hasn't been a great person for his whole life, but, or rather that, he hasn't necessarily been a morally good person his whole life. But oftentimes, great men are not good men. I think Jordan Peterson has said this. I think some others have also been sort of in that vein. You don't necessarily have to be a perfectly good man. You can be an imperfect vessel to do great things. Uh, Alexander the Great, probably not a great a great man in history, but not probably a good person. I don't want him raising my kids either. So let's consider that. And then let's consider what's going on. We've got him being targeted. Let's pull up the article here, and I'm going to go ahead and read from it. This is CNN. We might as well know what the uh, they are the enemy of the people. Trump got that part right 100%. So let's kind of talk about what it is that they've dug into. It says Trump extreme rhetoric conjures the prospect of a presidency like no other. God, we hope so, right? I mean, from, from, from uh, Stephen Collinson's mouth to God's ear, please. Let it be so. So shall it be said. So shall it be written. So shall it be done. CNN reporting. Donald Trump is promising a second presidency that would be an aberration in American history. Uh, if you listen to our show with Robert Stone, you know, Roger Stone, rather, you know that that did in fact happen previously. There has been a, a hiatus between two. The former and possibly future commander in chief aspires to strongman power. If he wins back the White House next year, he believes his authority would be absolute. I always find it weird when we as ascribe intent to someone. When you do that in a law enforcement setting, you have to have an overwhelming amount of evidence to kind of lead us to believe that we know what somebody was in fact thinking. Also, why is Chris Christie on the screen there? That's bizarre. And why does he have two lapel pins? Tacky. Fat and tacky. But uh, very specifically, when you talk about somebody's intent, you have to get into their mind. And that's a difficult thing for anyone to do, especially CNN, who probably believes they know what Hillary Clinton thinks and can say what she would say without any prompting. But they are ascribing and assigning certain beliefs to Donald Trump that I just, I don't know where they get it. I've never heard Trump say, I'll be the absolute authority. It'll be the greatest thing in the world. I'll be a supreme emperor and I will run all things. He's never said that. He has said that there's problems. And I don't know that uh, vengeance against political enemies is something that the, uh, the political leftists have any ground to talk on. Because they are literally trying to put the man in jail. Because they don't like him. Disturbing and stupid. Uh, he poses the greatest challenge to the rule of law. <laughs> oh, my God. He poses the greatest challenge to the rule of law and the Constitution in modern times. Uh, do they even like the Constitution? Have they ever read the Bill of Rights? I don't think they do. They don't love it. They don't like the idea that there would be due process. They don't like the idea that you have a right to free speech. They want to censor you. They don't like the idea that you can own guns. The political left. Such special, such special creatures. There's no question in my mind that these people are really taking it home. All right, so he gave a speech in New Hampshire and they decided to, uh, he chose to rip at the national divides rather than foster unity on Veterans Day. Really? 
What did he say? He said, quote, we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. That's not great wording, the vermin thing. Just saying. There's some there's some bad tweaks there. But Trump speaks from the cuff. We know what he's saying. Uh, Trump said, using the demigod technique of dehumanizing his opponents. How many times have you been dehumanized out there, suspendables, deplorables? What other things have they told you? Maggots? Right-wing extremists? Litless vessels. <laughs> Listless vessels. Man, I don't want to get into it with uh, with the DeSantis crowd. I just, I don't care. It's like uh, it's like a little brother trying to to get on the stage and the big brother's doing his thing. It's like, it's just, I, giving giving even air to that fire seems silly to me. Ron DeSantis seems like a decent guy, but I just, he doesn't have the chops. It doesn't feel like, even though I think he's a good governor and he's probably a good executive, I just don't think he has the the swinging power to come out and, and hit. And especially with his polling numbers, it's just not there. Unless they put Trump into jail, in which case I'd like to see somebody a little bit more fiery. He's a little bit too functional for me. Like, I'm a fighter. He would be a good character on the suspendables, but he wouldn't be the Kyle Serafin character uh, for whatever it is. Anyway, the real threat is from the radical left is what he said. It's growing every single day. It's not from the radical right. I do think that's true. And I've investigated both. And it turns out one of them gets a blind eye from the FBI. The other one, not so much. So this is supposedly an analytical piece. I want to remind you that that piece of editorialism is actually referred to as analysis by CNN. And therein lies a big part of the problem for me. CNN, which is the most trusted name in news uh, and was the opening shots of the Gulf War. I recall being a little kid and watching CNN and seeing like, this is what's happening right now in Baghdad. Like there are bombs going off. This is the night vision cameras. These are the, you know, you were seeing the tracer rounds. You were seeing the Scud missiles, the Patriot interceptions. We were seeing actual reporting for the first time in a 24-hour news cycle in the early 90s when I was a little kid. I actually remember where I was when the Gulf War kicked off under George H.W. Bush. Uh, I remember the house. My dad always reminds me of it. I remember that they had glass figurines. Like, it was a very poignant moment in my life. And at that point in time, I think, I think CNN probably had more credibility because of the way that they ran their show, the way that they ran their newsroom. But now, under CNN politics, this guy, Stephen Collinson, is writing analytical news pieces and I don't know anything about that that's analytical. It's all editorial. There's a massive difference. When you conflate analysis and editorial, your opinion pieces, then you lose a lot of credibility. That's why many of you are not going to turn to CNN. That's the reason I have to go there to figure out what it is they're saying and what sort of viewpoint they are trying to foist upon us. And they are, in fact, trying to do that. There's no question in my mind. There is a foisting of, our, of, uh, of thoughts. And it's happening to the, po the political left because they are just eating this stuff up because they already believe it. That's the echo chamber. Very dangerous. Very weird. We're going to get deeper into who is this character, Stephen Colson. Some of you know may already know who he is. We're going to get there in a second. Let's go ahead and do a sponsor real quick because I don't want to get uh, derailed. Let's go to uh, let's go to Four Patriots because that sounds like something we might have to need pretty soon. <laughs> it's going to be relevant later on when we talk about Bill Gates. Folks, if you don't have a disaster plan, then you are, in fact, planning to fail. Check out 4patriots.com, 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com slash Kyle. There you go. Or you could just use promo code Kyle. Either one works. And check out some of the options they've got there to get yourself prepped up. They've got a whole suite of, um, you know, containment items. They've got some electronic and powering devices. They've got water purification. They've got all this other stuff. Emergency food. That's what they sent me. We've tried it. Like I said, it's better. It's certainly better than eating on MREs. Look, are you looking for a Michelin star rating when you go and get your emergency food? If you are, you might be a little bit of a crazy person, or maybe you're a billionaire and you can afford it. If you're a regular person, what you want are calories that are safe, that are transportable, 
and they're going to go ahead and last for a long time. You want to do a fire and forget solution. This is one of them that they offer right there, the family supply bundle. Get these things um, saved in vehicles where you are, in pantries where you're going to live, in uh, in a bug out bag if you need to, if you're a single person that can just escape. You can see lots of different options on here. Check out 4 You'll get our discount. The discounts are always changing. But uh, give yourself give yourself a leg up because things are not necessarily going to be very good for a very long time. We might have some real spiciness coming in the next 364 days. If you're not paying attention to that, it's time to wake your eyes up and share it with your neighbors. Let them know. Let them know. Hey, you might want to figure it out because you can't come to my house. I love the people that always want to go, hey, um, you know, if things ever go bad, I'm coming to your house. Why? What do you what do you offer? Like, what do you what, what services or skill sets are you providing? You better bring something to the table. You better be like an automobile mechanic. I need one of those. I could use a better mechanic and a tool set. Because when it comes to guns and ammo and food and people who can prepare food and people who know how to bake and gardeners and medical care, like we're pretty well stocked in the Seraphin house. So go ahead and be part of your own solution there for patriots.com slash Kyle. Okay. So who is this clown? Who is Stephen Collinson? Well, he's British. That's fun. Let me just pull up his bio here. It says Stevens Collinson is a senior reporter. Reporters used to try to be objective. They used to try to tell you news. Um, We've talked about it here a little bit, but news is what happened. And commentary and editorial and all the other kind of things, those are like why it's important. But reporters, in theory, would be like, uh, you know, guy down the street got shot in the back. The gun was a 9mm. It was retrieved by the police. The police are now investigating. They have three suspects. They are not being released at this time. Like, that's news. It always used to be like that when I was a kid. Um, and, and many of you will remember this as well. News used to be, what are the facts of the case, not how do we slant it in favor of our preferred narrative? This guy is supposedly a senior reporter in politics, which should be even more removed, one would think. If you want to be a credible voice in politics, then you don't need to be a commentary guy. That's not what he's supposed to be about. But he's lived around the United States. He's covered five political elections. Let's count them back. That would have been Biden in 2020, Trump in 2016, Obama in 12 and 8, and G.W. Bush in 04. So he's probably my age. I saw all those, you know? Uh, I don't know if that, like, covering them and talking about elections makes you an expert on anything. But that's what they say. He's a campaign expert. Many of you are probably also campaign experts, having lived through at least five and maybe more, maybe more elections in your adult life. I think I lived through six in my adult life, so there's that. Uh, He specializes in deep reported pieces, like you just heard there, where he deeply feels strongly about Donald Trump. That's always good. Pulling from a wealth of expertise after covering the White House, Congress, and foreign policy for Agent France Presse for 17 years prior to being at CNN. Really? We poached him from a French news agency? Outstanding. He's a native of the UK, but he's also lived in Hong Kong, Switzerland, Thailand, and Canada. And that's it. Nothing about his family, nothing about anything else. He does look very stern in that suit. And he's a partisan actor, as you guys can tell. These kind of things really bother me deeply. I went to his Twitter page because I couldn't help it. You want to throw his Twitter up there because it's kind of funny. He got off Twitter. This tells me something. If you are in the reporting and the news sphere and you are not on Twitter, you are a failure. There's no reason for you not to be there. He quit. It looks like he started in like 2008 or 2009. He got off in 2019. After 11 years, he had 10,000 followers. That doesn't tell me that he was a very convincing person. He wasn't a voice that people wanted to hear. He wasn't putting out things that people cared about. Um, Just as an example, I've been on Twitter for just over a year, like a year and a couple days. I have 110,000 followers. Why? Because that's the platform where I engage a lot because that's where people who don't agree with me are. That's what I want to do. He's not putting out value. This was his last little uh, tweet in September of 2019, the last one of consequence. He said, quote, the removal of the Russian was driven in part 
by concerns that President Donald Trump and his administration repeatedly mishandled classified intelligence and contributed to exposing the covert source as a spy, quoting a CNN story from 2019. Well, we have that CNN story up, and it's BS, as you might expect. But I wanted to share with you the kind of reporting that this political narrative goes to. These people have been doing the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative forever, and he's one of them. I just wanted you to know who he is. He's considered an analytics at CNN. It's worth knowing where the left is getting their information, and they're getting them from loonies like this guy. He's quoting this particular story, exclusive U.S. extracted top spy from inside Russia in 2017. Now, there are myriad reasons why you would do an exfiltration of a covert asset that is gathering intelligence. Sometimes it's for their safety. Sometimes it's because they've no longer got access or placement. Sometimes it's for other reasons, their situational possibility of getting exposed, so on and so forth. Here's what's really fun. They go on an entire multiple page rant about how they had a source basically say exactly what they wanted. Unnamed sources, of course, unnamed sources. The names were well, withheld, withheld, you know, because just trust me, bro. Is the, is the order of the day. But we're going to get down here because Pompeo actually just answered and was like, uh, what you're saying is absolutely absurd and there's no reason for it. Uh, here it is. A spokesperson for Secretary Mike Pompeo, uh, Secretary of State at the time, declined to comment. The White House, Stephen Grisham, I'm sorry, Stephanie Grisham said, quote, CNN reporting is not only incorrect, it has the potential to put lives in danger. So, Either CNN just believes things blindly that come out of the White House like they do today, or they have a narrative that they're pushing because their statement was the CNN's narrative uh, that this this is another piece here from uh, CIA, rather. It said that the, the idea that central intelligence makes life or death decisions based on anything other than objective analysis and sound collection is simply false. Folks, let me just say this real quickly. I have more faith in the CIA than I do in the FBI, and that should probably scare the hell out of most of you. But uh, I have friends that worked at the CIA, and most of them have far less beef, including whistleblowers who had their jobs taken. They have far less beef with the CIA and the way it does business than the FBI. Some of you just had a cold chill run down your spine. That's on purpose. You need to know this stuff. Misguided speculation that the president's handling of our national security information or most sensitive intelligence, which he has access to each and every day, uh, has driven an allegation of infiltration that is inaccurate. So... That story was apparently false. We haven't heard anything about it, but everything was trying to tie Trump to Russia. They, if you notice, that was 2019. Now think about it. The Russian espionage squad from Washington field office went down to Miralago just after I was removed from the FBI, one of my proud moments. The FBI's counterintelligence squad dealing with Russian espionage, CI-14, went down and did the raid. It's always the Russia stuff. They just can't help it. They can't help themselves. They're so fixated. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, and also the Hillary Clinton thing, you know, like I said, it, it's good motivation for some folks, but are there any less informed people in America than the women that are watching The View? Like, I know we have to cover what they're about because there's a bunch of suburban house bombs that are watching it, but like, oh my God, who is watching it? They're just like, they're giving like the Yaz, Yaz girl and like, like slay queen thing. Just the dumbest people on television. It's bizarre. Um, all right, let's pivot on to something that's horrifying. We've got. We've got uh, people in the suspendables, people like Sonia Labosco. You guys have seen what she's about. She has come on our show and talked about the un unacceptable surveillance of January 6th subjects. This is a story from my friend Tracy Bean's article or from her uh, from her outfit, Uncovered DC. It actually comes from, um, it comes from Wendy Mahoney, who we've talked to. She actually, the, the reason why I know Tracy Beans is actually Wendy Mahoney. 
Her story about what happened with me and Steve Friend and others was the most coherent and well-written piece. It stands today as the probably the best written article of telling our stories without asking us from all the info she gathered. And this story is very, very telling, but it's also, I think, extremely troubling. It says, infant son of J6 defendant placed on Quiet Sky's suspected terror watch list. You guys know the Quiet Skies program? Some of you are on it. When you fly, if you look at the boarding pass that is actually pictured in this photograph above me, there are two things circled. Number one, it's circling I-N-F-T, infant. This is an infant child, an eight-week-old, no less, has been flagged for this, for this watch list. And the watch list members will know because they have four S's, S-S-S-S, written on their boarding pass. I assume that means screen, 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 screen. The four S's let you know that you're part of the Quiet Skies program. The Quiet Skies program is a non-criminal allegation watch list that the TSA and Homeland Security do in order to surveil people with a federal air marshal's armed surveillance team on flights. And this baby is being surveilled along with mom and dad. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. There's an infant listed as a potential suspected domestic terrorist on our Quiet Skies watch list. Now, we talked a long uh, two weeks ago maybe about opportunity cost and what it costs when you do one thing versus the other. Opportunity cost is a basic economics principle that if you spend your money on ice cream, that you can't spend that same money on a steak. Or if you spend your terrorism resources on following an infant child with a parent or two parents in this case who happen to have done something on January 6th like walk around the Capitol and reported pretty aggressively on misuse of use of force tactics, because that's what this particular individual is, is accused of. His name is A.J. Fisher. That's the parent, that's the father, and his wife were flying. Now, the fact that they came into D.C. put them on this watch list. The fact that he was a J-6 defendant has made them subject to government surveillance. But the idea that you would have to add an infant tells you that our security apparatus has absolutely lost the thread. They have moved on from rationality and from reason and from making any bit of damn sense to following an infant with three armed federal air marshals. And those federal air marshals are now not on an international flight, as we've talked to Sonia Labosco and found out that they are supposed to do. By the way, her husband was also an air marshal uh, and a super cool guy. He was down at Mar-a-Lago with us and was a great cook. He was like cooking steaks and stuff for the whole team, uh, the team being me and George Hill and, uh, and Ryan and uh, Garrett and Steve Friend and so on. So you've got air marshals with a badge and a gun and specific training and authorities on an aircraft that are following an infant and, an, and the parent of an infant, the mother and the father. Instead of following people from Qatar who might be a real problem, they can fly armed on international flights on the way back. How about somebody from China? That might be an issue. How about somebody from South America that's come in? How about somebody from anywhere in the Middle East or anywhere in Europe where they've been able to infiltrate? Nope, we are not doing that. We're going to follow this tiny little baby who is younger than my daughter who needs her mom every second of the day and can't exist without her. Because that's what infants are. They are dependent. And you know what happens when an infant is dependent on you and you're not a terrible parent? You are wholly focused on how do you keep that infant happy and safe and warm and fed and you're not looking at doing terrorism on a freaking airplane. Just all of you that are that are parents that have had little babies, you think about this. Imagine that when you were on a flight, um, in addition to all the other 
difficulties, car seat that has to come with you. Um, you forgot the diaper bag. My wife and I did that one time and we had like a baby blowout where we were like literally wrapping her in a towel and trying to safety pin it up with whatever we could do or Kyle Serafin's like high speed, uh, serv- you know, what do you call it? Survival knots, trying to tie like a towel around our poor kid who was peeing herself because uh, we failed and we didn't bring enough diapers for that particular trip. Imagine all the things that go on when you're traveling with a small child. Somebody said blowouts in the chat, of course. The blowouts. Always that. By the way, if you're having blowouts with your kid, that means it's time to size up their diapers. We learned that on baby number three. <laughs> if, you're, if your diaper is actually having things fly out the back of it, it means the diaper's not big enough. So you got you to gotta go upsize. If you're a new parent, big stuff. But now imagine that you're dealing with all that. And then on top of it, what do you got going on? You got, you got surveillance guys that are stalking you, taking pictures, taking notes, submitting reports. God knows why. What a waste of time. What a waste of time and money and what a huge amount of absolute stupidity. Should we read further into this little thing? I, I know enough about this stuff. They got pictures of the boarding passes. Lest you think otherwise, AJ Fisher, um, Allen is his first name. Is that right? What's going on here? I'm just looking at the names. Oh, Alan, that, one of them is the baby's name. I don't actually want to read all the baby's names. Um, let's let's push past it uh, to just the fact that the TSA Quiet Skies program, which was undisclosed previously, has been described by, who's Luke Smith? Apologies. I don't know why Luke, Luke, Luke Smith. Oh, he's a uh, he's a 20-year veteran. Got it. He was a military vet who actually got some, some disclosures about this. It targets travelers who are not under investigation by any agency and are not on the terrorist screening database. Now, many of you, some of us are going to be on that, that terrorist screening. It's called the TSDB, the terrorist screening database. That's the real terrorist watch list. I used to be able to elect to put people on there. I would deal with people as a surveillance agent. We followed people that were on the terrorist screening database. They would actually have real problems. Like they would get booted off flights internationally if they were trying to go places they couldn't go. They couldn't even, that was like the no-fly zone, the no-fly list. This is a different program. So this this particular the quad S's doesn't actually mean that there's an investigation into you. It means somebody at TSA decided to nominate you on there and then you're on there. And the only way that we know, the only way that we know that people get off is that uh, we cover their stories specifically on the Kyle Serafin show and get the FBI to knock on their door. Y'all remember that going back a couple of months, we had Sonia on, we had her on for a second time, talked about the fact that a, a FAM, a federal air marshal service supervisory special agent, <laughs> found out that his actual wife, his spouse, who was uh, handicapped, was on this Quiet Skies program, was getting followed around by federal marshals, air marshals. And we talked about their story. The next day, literally the next day, 24 hours later, the FBI knocks on the door. And they go, uh, hey, uh, we don't know anything about you. They apparently didn't listen to the entire interview. They just got the uh, headquarters notice, like, hey, go get this woman off the, the list. So they showed up. And uh, the, the the young male agent who we found out was a pretty pretty new to the agency said, oh, it's a, you know, I hope you didn't hurt yourself coming to knock the door because she drags a leg because she has a, a long-term stroke-based injury. And uh, 26 years, she's been walking around with a limp. Apparently, he wasn't the one reviewing the footage that led to that knock on the door. But all that being said is she was removed. And the next time she flew, no federal air marshal. So we're going to cover this for my friends that are uh, in the FBI watching for our friends that are federal air marshals that are watching, for the TSA types that are keeping an eye on what we are doing, you should be ashamed of yourself. You really should. You're following a, a, a family with an infant that has been not credibly accused, has never been convicted of anything. And moreover, 
Has anybody from January 6th, like there's probably a couple examples, so feel free to add them into the comments below here. But has anybody actually done anything that would be considered a quote unquote terrorist activity since January 6th after being investigated, like while they're under investigation? Has any of that popped up? I've seen people say that somebody claimed that they wanted to go kill FBI agents. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that have that sort of sentiment right now. The next Timothy McVeigh is definitely breeding in this country right now. We're going to cover that, actually, the sort of the sentiment that is going that direction in this country with so many people. We used to really, really loathe the ATF. That's just assumed at this point. But uh, the, the FBI kind of got off scot-free in the 90s for most people, for most parts of American life. We were not anti-FBI in fact, it was pretty celebrated when I was a kid. <laughs> if you listen to some of our opening music, Ryan always calls this the X-Files music. But it is. It's kind of X-Files-y. Right? Here we go. Right? If you've been listening to our pre-show, if you're sitting there in the chat, you hear this thing. It's got kind of a jam to it. So we used to actually think pretty highly of the FBI. 90s, 2000s. Nobody really thought it was bad. When I was going to Quantico, there was actually a show called Quantico, which is one of the worst and most illogical shows. I used to laugh because there was a woman who goes and she jumps on a plane and then she gets off and she's on her way to Quantico. and She's a supermodel, whatever her name is. You guys know her, the Indian chick that was a Miss Universe or whatever. And, and then she immediately jumps into bed with a dude who's in her class and then she shows up and throws up her hand. So help me God. And she ends the oath. It's really obnoxious. And then I realized like people at the Academy are actually sleeping with each other left and right. Multiple members of my class were doing so. I didn't know that I was in bed. I was getting like nine hours of sleep and like living the dream. But uh, people are constantly sexually, sexually compromised, um, including some names that you'll see in the news. Um, not, not suspendables. I'll just tell you that, but there's some really, there's some shady people. I want to keep talking about this um, sort of the debasing and it's, it's all self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted injuries. <laughs> it's totally self-inflicted. Nobody asked these people to do this and be stupid, but the FBI continues to sh like to shred its own credibility. we got a good story coming up on that from the daily mail before let's go ahead and say thanks to our sponsor, uh, Catholic vote. Uh, fantastic folks. As you know, Catholic vote, catholicvote.org. That's how you go. You can give money if you want to support their fight. Um, I'm going to read you a couple things from the loop, but we're going to show you. Go ahead and click on the give. You're good. You're good. I got I got Ryan guessing over here. He's trying to guess what to click on. Click on the give. Folks, if you want to donate to Catholic Vote, you're going to be in the fight for faith, family, and freedom. What are they doing? They are suing the FBI, number one. They are trying to get more and more documents about how the FBI was targeting uh, radical traditional Catholics. And the, some of the search terms that they're using in that FOIA, uh, they're working with Judicial Watch, are involved in uh, sort of the, the broader Christian targeting, which we think is probably out there. So they're trying to find that out. But today's loop, there's a couple of good stories on there. I'm going to call your attention to two of them specifically. Number one, Secret Service agent with Biden grandchild, Naomi Biden, 29 years old, has a security detail. And uh, what's going on there? I guess somebody tried to jump into her car or steal her car. I've been told there may be a drug angle to this. Uh, shocker, a Biden involved in the drugs. We're going to get there in a second, too. But uh, open fire in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure what the deadly force policy looks like for the Secret Service, but it can't be that far away from what the FBI's is. And uh, shooting at a car over a carjacking, unless you're actually in the vehicle, is a pretty much a no-go. So that's interesting. Uh, and then another thing in here that I saw, is if you scroll down a little ways, Gen Z support for gay marriage is plummeting. Isn't that something? That uh, Gen Z, the youngest generation, is going, you know what? These uh, these gay millennials don't look all that happy. So there's a good story in there. I would, I'll call your attention to the loop. If you haven't signed up for it, put your email address in and hit loop me in and then get that done. Very easy, costs you nothing. It's about a minute of reading and you can get kind of the headlines that are interesting to you. All of them are going to be conservative and they do a great job with it. Um, yeah, so why are we? Why do we have Secret Service shooting in open? Why are we, why are we dropping 
the credibility of our federal agents by following infants? Why is the FBI uh, constantly trying to step on its own D and 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 do these un unnecessary self-inflicted injuries like going after radical traditional Catholics, this made up term. Um, there's a reason they keep doing it. It's the people that are in charge. Will you pull up uh, the Daily Mail article here that shows the we're getting some stories now about the cocaine. You guys remember that? Apparently there was cocaine in the White House. Kind of moved on. It's gotten memory hold. Why was that? So uh, This is Daily Mail reporting. First photos reveal cocaine found in the White House. They waited long enough, didn't they? That was going back to like August, I want to say. Now we're in November. Images of the baggie and the cubby hole that sparked the Washington or the White House investigation, rather, and the culprit has still not been found. Why would that be? Why has the culprit not been found? We have so many questions. I'm going to read a little bit from the story here. Secret Service included images of the bag of white powder. It was found in a cubby hole. Go ahead and start scrolling some of those photos if you would, Ryan. If you're missing it out on the Rumble channel, what you're missing is a gray cubby hole, like a series of lockers with a small, what they've called a dime bag. Um, I'm not a Coke person. I didn't actually investigate Coke, but there you go. It's about an inch worth, it looks like, of cocaine in a small baggie. Sounds right. I don't know. Is that a dime bag? Anybody who knows about Coke, let me know if you're a, if you're a local cop and you call that a dime bag. That's what they're calling it here. It's probably correct. Here's the really, really, really fun part for me. The most fun. It's the self-debasing of the FBI. I got to take a swig of coffee while I think about this. Okay. The documents obtained by the Daily Mail and DailyMail.com show the deputy director of the FBI, Paula Bate, was personally involved in the investigation. I'm going to say that one more time for you. <laughs> the deputy director of the FBI, the number two guy, the guy who actually runs the FBI, the bureau is run by the deputy director. He's affectionately known as the DD and is often referred to as boss in all emails by anybody who works for him because the FBI is like cool guy culture of like, oh, what's up, boss? Paula Bate, the deputy director, the number two, like I said, Chris Ray, figurehead, congressional appointee. He's been there for what? He's been there since 2017. He's got what does he call it? Oversight of the FBI and he's bubble wrapped away. The people that really do the real work are going to be in the SES. The seventh floor level guys are like the deputy director and the, the follow up to the deputy director, which I think is called like it's not the, it's like the assistant deputy director or something like that. The ADD. I think there's one of those. And then you have this executive assistant director core of which Jennifer Moore was one. Larissa Knapp is currently one. These are the, the ones that run the entire branches of which the FBI has five branches, if my memory serves. That's what's going on. And the office of the director is pretty much run by the DD. The DD was personally involved in this investigation. The DD hasn't touched a criminal case in like a decade and a half and change. And shocker, an FBI executive got involved directly in a criminal investigation for who brought cocaine in. And the answer was, we have no effing idea. We can't figure it out. It is an unsolvable mystery the deputy director is unable to do. Shouldn't that just disqualify you from a position in an investigative agency unless your job is running cover for the administration? That's true. I want you guys to do a thought experiment with me. Got to get comfortable for this. The thought experiment is this, all right? The thought experiment goes like this. What if it wasn't cocaine? Now, Ryan showed you a picture on the screen. There was a, a little like gloved hand and there was a swipe and they suspected cocaine. Let's say that it wasn't cocaine. Let's say that it was anthrax. What if it was anthrax and it was left in a cubby and it was designed to be a threat to the staff and the members of the White House, specifically the president, the vice president, presidential staff, the, the chief of staff, et cetera, okay? Anthrax, 
in the White House in a bag of powder. That could be the case. What about ricin? Ricin can give you like almost an untraceable heart attack. What if it was some form of weaponized poison or toxin, bioweapon, take your pick, and then the deputy director of the FBI gets involved to look for it? What do you think they would do to find anthrax in the White House? Would they do it seriously? Would they be Would they be capable? Would they drop a geofence like the January 6th defendants? Would they find every single person whose phone was moving around in that area and 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 then individually and systematically eliminate the people that were there? They narrowed it down to a to a subset of 500 people who could have been in the area. Did we show the picture of the uh, the, the cameras? The definition of the cameras? Can you show that one more time, Ryan? The the security cameras, the black and white camera? No, that's the that's the clue map. We'll do that in a second too. <laughs> There's a, if you keep scrolling, there's like there's one that just shows like that. Okay, so that's like a uh, that's a security camera. I want you guys to think about security cameras you've seen and the detail and the lack of detail that they have. Look at the words West Wing Entrance on the screen. If you're not watching on our Rumble channel, that's what you're missing. It's a black and white photograph of a doorway with a door open. You can clearly see parts of the door handle. You can see the hinges. You can see the words in the text West Wing Entrance, and they are clearly visible and in focus. What that tells me is you can see like specific facial features. Now, add that to the geofence that you're going to drop on there, which they would have done if they were serious about anthrax. Add that to the other techniques that they would have, which are probably some other cameras and things that they're not going to reveal about what's going on in the White House, the tracking and the people that were there. They would be able to find somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to wager that right now. I'm going to tell you that the FBI, despite the fact that I dislike them, is not woefully incompetent when it comes to most things. And between Secret Service, which does investigations and trains special agents at Fletzy, and the FBI, who trains agents poorly at Quantico to do things, and the deputy director of the FBI, who hasn't done a criminal case in forever, but has all the resources of the FBI and the crime labs, would be able to find out who brought in a toxin, a poison, trying to go after the president. They've got cameras everywhere. They have the capability of dropping a net down. They can access all of these government-owned, executive-owned Wi-Fi networks and whatever else is going on in there for electronics and surveillance. I'm going to say they could find it. But they didn't. And that tells us more about what's going on with the agency than it does about that investigation. The wherewithal and the interest and the needs to solve this are very low. And that can only lead you to certain conclusions. Like the person that they would have found out would have been really disadvantageous for the uh, for the administration. Isn't that the, the natural conclusion we would have to have? And then it can also lead us to why we haven't found the pipe bomber. Remember that guy or girl? <laughs> There's like a, a left-wing conspiracy that it was uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene because a member of Congress was running around in the dark with a hoodie on and dropping pipe bombs that were fake. That, that makes sense. Why not? Um, the pipe bomber. How come no one knows where the pipe bomber was? I was talking to Kurt Suzdak the other day, and he said, he's got some credible information, he wouldn't give up much more of it, that the uh, some of the the materials used to make those pipe bombs with those stupid egg timers that were taped on there that had a one-hour timer but were found 12 hours later and acted like they were going to blow up, right? That there were materials in there, training materials, I don't want to get too specific, but apparently those training materials were, were positively traced back to HSI training materials. That seems pretty wild. I'm not trying to break a story here. I'm just trying to tell you guys that the, the rumors that go on is that when you don't find somebody and you have the capabilities of the federal government to find somebody like that, maybe you're not trying that hard. Maybe you don't want to know. I know the Dobbs leak uh, popped up as well in the chat. Yeah. Also, we can't find a SCOTUS leaker. We can't find out who has the cocaine. But we are able to find every single person who had a cell phone that walked around on January 6, 2021. We can go into the past and get all of it, except the one person that did the most terroristic thing that happens. 
Very weird. Does that concern any of you? It concerns me. It concerns me in a big way. That's why we need more suspendables. People who know how to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. Ryan's got me. Am I flipped? No, I'm, I'm, I'm correctly. Uh, let's, let's pull up the merch store. Pull up the merch store real quick. Folks, you can su support Garrett. Uh, we just plugged this on Kimberly Guilfoy's store the other day. Uh, go to the-suspendables.com. There it is. Click on the catalog if you want to see what else is out there. You can see the shirt I'm wearing right now. This is the Betsy Ross. Um, there it is. It's the suspendable or die shirt. That's the one that Kyle Serafin is wearing today. Size medium, about 180 pounds and 5'8". I'm a little bit meatier. Um, Steve Friend wears a large. Don't ask me why. Steve Friend always wants to look like he stole his dad's t-shirt. Does anyone understand why that is? Steve, I know that you're going to listen uh, tomorrow. <laughs> when you are listening, we want to know, why are you trying to swim in a t-shirt? Get something like, you need a small, you need a medium or a small so that you can uh, shrink that sucker down and look as clean and ripped as you are. Great looking shirts. Great support, great organization. Let's keep bearing him in orders. You can go to the-suspendables.com. You can use my name, promo code Kyle. That'll save you like 10% on there. It's simply to just track it. Uh, and because we love you guys and we use promo code Kyle for everything else. So promo code Kyle on the-suspendables.com. No big deal. So what happens? What happens when you start uh, destroying the credibility of your federal agencies? What do we do? They they go in the toilet and and it trickles down. It really does. The, the local law enforcement starts slacking. They don't, they're, they're getting resources pulled off because there's a lot of federal money to go do dumb things. And they don't do the basics. Let's play video number two. I don't know where this was. If you guys actually know where this video came from, it looks like Maryland. It looks like where I used to work in Maryland or in rural Virginia or more likely in like Southeast DC. This doesn't look very fun. It doesn't look like a nice neighborhood to live in. Um, the, the things in the, in the Northeast are kind of deceptive. If, if you've lived in other places, like if you've lived in Kansas or if you've lived in Omaha or if you lived in California or you lived in Texas, when you move to the Northeast, the, the whole corridor from, say, Virginia, Northern Virginia, all the way up to New York and even parts of like Connecticut and so on, they look nicer than they are because they're kind of like older brick buildings and they kind of have like some sort of they, they conjure some images of, of not being crappy, but they are really, really not nice. I don't know what language this is, so maybe you guys can call this language out. I know it's happening in an American slum. Go ahead and play video number two. This is an Amazon driver having, uh, you know, the most wonderful time of the year, I guess. Go ahead and play, I guess, which is known as package theft. Oh my god. Hell man. Does anyone know what language that is? Himadeh in the trunk. Himadeh in the trunk. Is that racist for me to just say things that don't make any sense? Himadeh in the trunk. What does that mean? Why would you film that? Also, they're running into your building, dude. So that's cool. Somebody should be grabbing that uh, video. Himadeh in the trunk. I'm going to start saying that to people. I don't know what it means. Um, kind of a, a total aside, but a fun story. Ryan, have you ever heard the, the expression, that's the cross I bear? You ever heard that? Yeah, actually, that, yes. That's the cross I bear. It's a common Christian thing. Something bad happens, something difficult. It's like, hey, man, like you got to carry all the heavy packages at work. You're like, yo, that's the cross I bear. Um, that's your job. You know, That's the thing you got to do. When I was 19, I was working for a computer sales company, uh, the now defunct Gateway. And I was working at the Gateway store. And my boss would say that all the time, but he didn't say it the way I just said it to you in a clear way. That's the cross I bear. He used to say something that I didn't understand. He'd say, that's the cross I bear. That's the cross I bear. And I was like, what in the hell is a cross-eyed bear? Like what? Seriously, what is a cross-eyed bear? But I listened to him use it in context and I'm trying to assimilate and adapt to Oklahoma culture. And I don't want to be the guy that doesn't know how to you know, look around and, and figure out where I'm at. So I used it back to him 
a couple weeks later, he says something. I'm like, yeah, man, it's cross-eyed bear. And he was like, cross-eyed bear? I'm like, yeah, it's a cross-eyed bear. And he's like, what? what's a cross-eyed bear? And I was like, um, and now I'm at a loss because like he's been saying it over and over again and I don't actually know what it means and I'm using it and I think I'm using it correctly. It's a cross-eyed bear, man. You know, like, I don't know. I'm like, maybe he's in the woods and he's having a hard time and the trees are all kind of running together and he's bumping into stuff. Like, I don't know what a cross-eyed bear is, but that's what I'm thinking. So I have no answer for him. And he's looking at me and he's like, cross-eyed bear, cross-eyed bear. He kind of says, he goes, I go, you say it all the time. And he goes, use it in a sentence. So I use it in a sentence that he used like probably a week ago. And he was like, that's the cross I bear. And I'm like, oh, got it. But I really like the expression cross-eyed bear. <laughs> I've liked it forever. I've always liked it after I heard it. After I made it up on accident, I've liked it. And now you, Sarah fans, Suspendables, can also use the cross-eyed bear. And you can spread it far and wide across this country. It's a very fun thing to say. Uh, it's like asking people if they're from Chinese. I think that's funny too. My friend did that to me at the FBI Academy. I will never not say. I'll be like, oh, I just bought this uh, cup. It's from Chinese. I'm like, oh, I just got this uh, processor. It's from Chinese. People will never correct you. And if you say that's a cross-eyed bear, people will unlikely, they will be unlikely to ask you the question because it sounds like a real expression. Anyway, uh, play that one more time because I want to hear this guy say, hey, minute in the trunk. I want to know what it is. We're going to get that far and wide as well. Um, give me Give me video number two one more time if you would. These niggas ain't hitting the truck. These niggas ain't hitting the truck, okay? Look, work hard, though. Oh, my God. These niggas ain't hell, man. Show them hell. Look at look. It's so dumb. Why are people like this in this country? Hemet A in the trunk. Hemet A in the trunk. So add that to your list of things you say when someone does something you don't like or they're doing something that you can't believe. Hemet A in the trunk. Hemet A in the trunk. I, I don't know. It's like it's going to be in my head. Hemet A in the trunk. Yeah, it's being written now in the chat. You guys are spelling it out correctly. I think H-I-M-A-D-A-Y, Hemet A, and then in the trunk seems to be the uh, the thing. Yeah, so what happens when you do that? Local lo local law enforcement stops doing their job maybe, or maybe they can't keep up with it because uh, they're being pulled onto federal task force. And lastly, probably the worst thing is uh, stuff like this from Mike Caputo's Twitter feed, He's a former uh, HHS guy. Let's go pull this up. This is really troubling. So uh, I got sent this by multiple different journalists this morning. I'm going to read this to you. It's from Michael R. Caputo's Twitter page. I got to read for it and, and just read it. He said, I was invited to an event in a friend's home and I was introduced to a man and his wife. And then he told me he's an FBI agent. New paragraph. He reached out his hand to shake mine. I politely declined. And then I took the host aside and quietly told him we're leaving because he invited a guest from the corrupt FBI and my family won't be around such low quality people. I will do this for the rest of my life. I recommend you do the same. If you guys want to go follow, it's Michael R. Caputo on Twitter. And uh, I have retweeted this. This is the way. There has to be consequences. There has to be a consequence to being a terrible federal agency that is abusing the trust of the people. And pretty soon, red states are going to have juries that say, oh, the FBI was involved in this case. We're voting not guilty because we don't believe the FBI. And that's going to be the opportunity cost of being a hack organization the way that they continue to act. There's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. And, uh, you know, for the sake of for the sake of this country. I hope they figure it out. And I also hope that Donald Trump does not keep bringing on people into his administration like this. Of course, this is being celebrated. We talked about the narrative earlier. Let's play this last little video. We're coming to the end of this thing. We're going to actually keep this inside of an hour. Ryan's going to give me a big high five over the screen later on. Let's do video number three. This is Jenna Ellis copping to some nonsense because she got threatened by both the state and the FBI. And she decided to roll over. 
You cannot give these people any quarter, folks. There can be absolutely no ability to just give them the territory. Let's try it right here. Video number three. This is what's breaking. This is what the left is going to tell you is the smoking gun and why Trump should be destroyed. I'll tell you why it's stupid in a second, but go ahead and play video number three. Okay. And uh, at the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role. At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay. And when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized him. I thought that the um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we I just had to tell Ryan I'm about to blow the 60 minutes over because I completely forgot. I got so sidetracked about just uh, stomping on my former employer. <laughs> we got one more story. We got to talk about Bill Gates. I'd be foolish if we didn't. We put him on the on the thumbnail. But uh, here's the deal. She said that he wasn't going to leave the White House. Do you know how I know that that was false? Because he left the White House. That's it. It's really simple. If this is a big story to you, it's because you don't understand how facts work. When I was 14 years old, I just tweeted this out. When I was 14 years old, I got really angry. And I said, I would never go to this water park ever again. Because they didn't let me go on one of the slides or something. When I was 15, I went back to that water park. When I was 16, I went back. When I was 17, I went back. Do you know how I know what I said was 14? When I was 14 was false? It's because I, I didn't live up to it. Trump left the White House, folks. You might have known it. He actually has gone and been to a jail in Georgia where this uh, where this nonsense was happening. All right. Let's wrap it up. We got one more good story. And it is the name. There's a new book out right now called The Controlligarchs. Uh, let's go ahead and pull that thing up here. This is from Fox News reporting about it. It sounds like a great title, and I do look forward to seeing this book. We may try and order it up here as well. A new book aimed at exposing the billionaire class, says uh, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates. His investment has been in fertilizers and in fake meat and in farmland, and they're nothing about saving the planet. They're specifically about riching his bank account and, more importantly, about his ability to control food, food supplies. If you control the food, you control the people. This has happened since biblical times, and this is what he's involved in. You've got Bill Gates going, uh, buying a significant amount of farmland. Uh, this uh, was written by Seamus Bruner, who is a uh, an investigative reporter. The foreword is written by uh, Peter Schweitzer, who does a re really good job of exposing lefty loonies and, and uh, the Clintons and others. And it just said, first it was about patented seas, then patented fertilizers. Now they're patenting meat alternatives. They're about trying to ban cattle. So they have a lot of money that they can go after and they can do a lot of uh, movements into the uh, into the what do you call it, the uh, lobbyist space, and they're trying to get rid of all these sort of, the Green New Deal is all about control. Shocker. I mean, I know you guys are absolutely blown away that that's what it's about. It has nothing to do with saving the planet. The, the, the climate agenda is just the newest thing that they can try to control your behaviors. And that's what this article is saying. The fake meats are about controlling the food market. They're not about saving the planet. Uh, of course, the companies that are invested in them are things like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, even BlackRock has put a bunch of money into it. Alternative protein companies, they benefit the investor when they can actually shut down and have food monopolies. They are looking at being able to control your behavior both on social media and then what goes in and out of your money, your, your mouth. And if you can't go to a grocery store and you have to buy their products because there's no beef, the only way you can do it, there's only one way. You got to support your local farmers. 
We always talk about acting locally. Support your local farmers, support your local growers, try to buy locally. And you know what? We've got to be able to figure out how to get those costs down as well because there's no reason, my wife and I were just lamenting this the other day, there's no reason that buying uh, raw milk from a raw milk dairy down the street from me should cost three times as much for one-fifth the volume as it does to buy like a pasteurized, homogenized, um, vitamin D-enriched gallon of milk for my kids. Like, why in the world is that? We've got to figure out what's going on with this supply chain. Um, and local farmers, if you guys have some transparency, if you are a local farmer and you can tell me why it costs more, I would love to have you on the show. We'll do a long form into the food. I've got a couple of ideas on there. But if you're out there, reach to me. Uh, go to kyleserafin.com and you can hit the contact me. Those go right to my email. You'll be shocked to know this, but I actually get all the emails and a lot of them are crazy. <laughs> a lot of them are like weird questions I can't answer. Go to kyleserafin.com for that. Again, I told you I would remind you, the Washington Post news story. I think I actually sent you the thumbnail from it. Uh, Ryan, do you have that? It was under topic 10. The uh, There it is. Folks, if you can share this story, it is going to be in my Twitter feed. It is in the show notes, in the description of the show. Please share this story far and wide. It is very much upsetting the FBI. We're going to actually try to get the Attorney General of uh, Missouri to comment on the Missouri B. Biden implications of this. But the FBI accusing Trump types uh, they've changed the name of the title, but it was basically saying that they were they were targeting military veterans. You've got to go out there and share this. And a little funny thing, they updated this. It used to be a picture of Chris Ray. The new picture that the uh, this is a stock photo from June second of 2020. That agent wearing the FBI body armor is my friend. And lest you think he is a chunky, weak FBI agent, he's jacked and he's big and he's strong and he's a really good person and he's one of my favorites. He still talks to me. That guy is my friend, and I am just off camera. This way, I guess, if you're looking at me, um, that way. That way? That way. I'm just off camera behind where that Secret Service agent is about 50 feet away. I was uh, just watching them take that picture. So I was there on that day on June 2nd outside of the White House. Very funny for me. Let's wrap this sucker up. Let's keep this thing. We're going to still get it done. I know we kind of gave short shrift to Bill Gates, but I don't want to talk about Bill Gates any longer than I have to. He makes me want to puke too. He is a visual uh, scrape on the uh, the visual of my soul. And uh, Hillary Clinton is the nails on the chalkboard on the sounds of my soul. So folks, if you are following the show right now, we appreciate it. If you are not, please hit the follow button. You can also hit subscribe, become a monthly supporter on Rumble if you want. I think it's like five bucks. Uh, it gets thrown into the kitty, supports this show. We really appreciate that. We also appreciate all of you throwing out the Rumble rants on here, including Eric Jason, who moderates our chat. You can follow him at Eric Jason on True Social. Boost that guy's thing up. He said 10 bucks. Smash the like button. Do not comply. God wins. Amen to all those things, my brother. And then also Chad Zodi started off saying, for the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness from Corinthians. So true. Good one for today. A good way to remember it. The craftiness does not beget them and it doesn't work. We're going to win. God's going to win. And more importantly, uh, we're going to keep talking. We're going to keep talking so we don't get into the other alternative, which is a little bit more kinetic and we don't like it. Folks, this is the Kyle Serafin Show. Stream live from Liberty Hill, Texas, 0930 Eastern Time, 8.30 here in Texas, America. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. We're at 7.90 the last I checked. Let's let's clear that 800. We can do that today if you guys jump on to, if you've left one the day before, you can do it again. It doesn't matter. You can do it all the time. Here it is from Crazy Mimi 64 This might be Steve Friend again. I don't know who these people are. It says, thanks, five stars. I just love Friendly Fridays. We get a lot of that feedback, so we appreciate it. They are great pods if Kyle is there or not, LOL. Hmm. I would say it's Steve, except Steve is like a grammar stickler, so I don't think it actually is Steve. Folks, share this on your favorite anti-social anti, uh, media platform. Put those things out there. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on iHeartRadio and so on and so forth. Follow Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. You'll see what we're up to. And um, we really appreciate all of you. We appreciate all of your support. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. 
And uh, go get yourself some coffee out of your Patriot cooler because I'm about to get a little bit more. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.